Hello, everyone. Hello! I am Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt and Emily! Indeed. Hello. We are the podcast about tea and friendship. Hell yeah. TBD. T-E-A-T-E-A-B-D. Spelled out. But you know that because you're already listening to us. Yeah, you're you're deep into this podcast at this point. Uh, but you know, if you have to like find us to like rate or rate or review our podcast or something, you might want to remember how to spell it. T e a, b d, on T- Facebook. T e a space, b d. Very frustrated that they won't let me close that space. They won't let me do it. They say it's because it looks like it's not. They want to avoid people being like. Uh, you know, like trying to be advertisey and have like uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, or something mm-hmm. like that. So they get really irritated if, like, if we were the initials TBD, not spelled out, I think they'd be fine with that. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't, actually, I don't know if T, all capital letters would be fine. I guess we could look into that. That wouldn't be so bad if we were all capital letters. The space does annoy me. <laughs> <sighs> I just, re- oh, you have a spoon over there. Great. You need a spoon? Well, I just realized if I get a new cup of tea, I don't have a spoon to stir my sugar in. But you have a spoon over there. Yeah, I have a spoon. You can have it when I'm done with it. Cool. Um, and I have it there to fish the, the tea ball out of the, the pot. That makes sense. Um, well, welcome to TBD. Uh, thank like you so I, much for coming. Thank you. Indeed, thank you. Without you, we would just be two people talking to ourselves. <laughs> Maybe a conversation without. Um, we would just be a normal, normal convo. I know, but that feels so boring when you're talking to an, into a microphone. It seems like it's something. Hello, this is an important podcast conversation because it is being recorded. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my NPR voice, which I don't think is much different than mine, but I try to keep it calmer. Yeah, there was. It was like more monotone. Yeah. All one tone. One tone? Monotone? Yeah. Two tone? Sort of how my deal is anyways. Pretty kind of monotone. I try to be exciting. Anyways, this podcast, what is it about? I don't know. You tell me. God. Well, first of all, we drink tea. Oh, thank God. We definitely drink tea. Um, and we are friends. That's true. Uh, different tea every week. Uh, Emily and I are the same. We're The two of us are the same friends every week. We are always the same friends. Yeah. Occasionally we, or, you know, most of the time, in fact, we have a third friend, um, possibly Emily's friend, new to me, possibly my friend, new to Emily, possibly friends to Emily and I and new to nobody. New to the people listening. <laughs> new to the people listening. True. Maybe. Um, it's always maybe though. I don't know if, I don't, I doubt there's anyone who has known every one of the people who's been on this podcast uh, prior to them being on this podcast. I feel like that's true. Um, I certainly have not known everyone. And I don't know. Have you known everyone that, that has come on so far? Like at least a little bit? At least a little bit, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Seems like it. Maybe, maybe. Anyways. I'm popular. We have tea. That's not true. <laughs> we have tea. We have friends. And... um we also discuss topics. What's the deal with those topics? What is the deal with those topics? Jeez, I don't know. We got to like spice it up somehow. Well, you know, sometimes I have no idea what the topics are. 
sometimes Emily has no idea what the topics are, but certainly there's always at least one to two people who do not know what the other topics of the show are. That's true. And I will tell you this, Emily has prepared a topic. She has think something in her brain that she wants to talk it's about. Deep in there. And me, the other co-host, I don't know anything about it. No, you do not. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've, I I literally have no idea. Could be anything. Could be the alphabet song. Unless you can read minds. I thought about it today. Mm, I'm sending it to you. I don't want to guess. <laughs> Uh, it's the alphabet song. I guess that. <laughs> A, B, C. It's easy as do, re, mi. A, B, C. Do, re, mi. Baby, you and me. Those aren't are those words. No. <laughs> uh, just cry on this couch. It's okay. T, topics, friendship, and crying. That's what we're about. Yep. Those are the four things we're about. We're about four things again. <laughs> It took me a second to realize that that was a crying <laughs> sound. That's better. <laughs> um, tea topics and friendship. Those are our three ten- the three tenets. Tea topics. Oh, is there a tea word for friendship? Um, <sighs> tea topics. And uh, <sighs> two. <laughs> Two trio. Trio. Tea topics and a trio of friends. <laughs> Tenants of TBD. I we're working on that one. <laughs> so, sh- s- Want to try that one again? Send your recommendations to tbdpodcast at gmail dot com slash tweet us at tbdpodcast on twitter dot com or email us or facebook us or instagram us we are on all channels send us a message somehow uh please do just send us uh text-based messages on instagram though if you can you can i know i get them sometimes uh in fact i just got a few of them the other day uh from somebody who did not have any other way to contact me i think we were formerly facebook friends but they got off of facebook i'm not not facebook friends with this person they have chosen to delete their facebook what a decision uh, yet still remain on Instagram, owned by the same company. Um, and I had to get, I hadn't, they had to get in touch with me somehow. And that was the only way they knew. We don't have, we never exchanged phone numbers, emails, uh, or anything. Wow. In fact, I mostly see this person just, I just see this person. We don't communicate otherwise. Look, I, this is the first time we've ever digitally communicated was to find out. Uh, That's a new step in a friendship. This thing. I do, you know, I think it was. Did we ever tell the story that we didn't actually exchange phone numbers until we were deep into this podcast? I don't think we ever did. Yeah. It Matt, was in June. Matt and I always uh, just chat over Facebook Messenger, so I didn't have his phone number until like June, and we started this podcast in March and had been friends for a while before that. Since the previous June. Yeah. Or, well, we had known each other before that June, but that was the June that we became friends. That was the June we went from acquaintances to friends. Indeed. Um... I hope I wished you happy a friend anniversary in June. I am a big believer in celebrating friend anniversaries, uh, at least by saying it. Well, I bet we didn't think about it. Um, Let's try. Just come back from my trip, and we also had known each other prior to that. That's true. In fact, 
sometime right around now is probably our true friend friend our meeting friendiversary, right? That's true, yeah, because that's when I had supernova. Mm-hmm. I could we could look up this date. It's a it's publicly available if I were to find the last show date of your guys's improv team. That would be the day we met. Hey, if you were on um, uh, Maltese slash Kill for You with uh, me, if you could just let us know our last show date, that'd be great. This is a good test to see when Alex listens to this episode. Um, Alex Simmons. It's been a long time since we've mentioned him. <laughs> we used to do it every episode. Alex, do you listen? Answer us now now send us a facebook message right now as long as you haven't deleted it if you have send us an instagram message <laughs> oh what a silly start um <sighs> this is what happens when there's no guest that's so, true we have no nothing to keep us grounded we don't feel obligated to talk to them <laughs> i almost just spoiled tea talk i'm gonna keep that thought in my brain no yeah don't do that we're still we're still uh i don't know chatting it up <laughs> um i went to a pumpkin farm today Wow, how was that? It was good. It was a lot, but it was good. It was um, a field trip. Do you like pumpkin pie? I love pumpkin pie, and in fact, the thing that was worst part about that trip is that I'm now craving pumpkin pie. Okay. And I don't have pumpkin pie, but I want pumpkin pie. What are? Hey, Alex Simmons, <laughs> bring me pumpkin pie. <laughs> Not in the room, by the way, guys. We're really, <laughs> this might be seem like the kind of thing you'd be joking about with someone in the room. No, oh, not true. Not at all. There's nobody else in this room. Um, we looked around frantically. Um, have we ever done top top five pies? Is that a thing we ever done? No, but let's do it. All right. Emily, what are your top five favorite pies? Pumpkin. Number one. Honestly, the rest are all just pumpkin, but <laughs> if pressed. Um, I'd say, you know, I'm going to say berry pie. Berry pie? Just a berry pie? Yeah, I'd say so. Um. I made this blackberry chocolate chip crumble, which isn't technically a pie once, but it was very good. Name me all the pies you can name. Um, okay. That I've had or that I can name? Um, that, uh, that you've had. Let's go through what you had. Oh. Wait, what pies have you not had that you can name? And I'm only talking to, um, sweet, sweet pies. I mean, I feel like a lot. Like, I don't think I've ever had... There's like a ruta. I've never had rutabaga. Rutabaga pie. But no, there's like a pie that's like funny that people always like mention. Strawberry rhubarb. Yeah, strawberry rhubarb. I've never had that. Kind of like the word rutabaga. I have strawberry rhubarb uh, jam that I've been putting in my toast lately. Also, strawberry rhubarb pie is good. You should try it. Um, it's like a tart. It's tart and sweet. But I guess pies are not my go-to dessert because the often they don't have chocolate and chocolate is my go-to dessert but like what about like on holidays when people have pies like thanksgiving pumpkin pie my thanksgiving is not really about anything other than getting pumpkin pie my see now my thanksgiving is going to have multiple pies um probably let's go i'll say definitely obviously pumpkin Mm. but also uh there'll be apple pie blueberry pie and uh probably like a coconut cream which is also a very good pie. My aunt makes like a chocolate cream pie that I really enjoy on Thanksgiving. Chocolate cream. My day will be centered on getting those two things. There's banana cream, um, which I've had. I would eat, but again, uh, lack of chocolate is sad. Lemon meringue. That's a pie, right? It is. 
I'm sure I've had it. I would not put it up there. Um, I don't really like lemon desserts very much. Um, key lime. Key lime pie. Um, a tea that we've had on this very show. Key yeah. Lime. Uh, I'm going to say that pumpkin pie is also my favorite. I'm going to say number two is apple pie. I mean, I like apple pie. Three, we're going coconut cream. You don't like that? You give a icky like, face. I don't like coconut very much. But I'm not going to yuck your yum. You're allowed to like what you like. Um, four, I'm going to go back to that strawberry rhubarb. Oh, wow. That's a good pie. Um, did I say four or five? Four. Uh, I don't know if I named four or five pies, though, if I said the right. Whatever. Um, you just did number four on oh, your list. Okay. I might have, I'm okay. I'm saying I might have said four, but it might have actually, oh. you know, I might have meant to say five. Well, you know what? I'm going to throw on that, uh, I don't know, blueberry pie is the last or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a top five pie list. Um, I like pie. Peach I pie. I don't know if you do. Peach pie? You've had peach pie? I think I have. I like a peach cobbler. Troy from last week made me pie when mm. I was visiting him and I, I think it was, I think it was. I mean, I guess you can make pie with almost anything. Yeah. As long as you don't call your pizza pie, I'm okay with you. What if mm-hmm. you make pizza and then do the crossing on the top? <sighs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> that just doesn't sound very good to me. Crust on the top of the cheese and the... I guess it's like a... It's like a calzone. Calzone, the yeah. The low-cal calzone zone. What did you say? Have you... Did you do you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Um, there's... When um, Ben is depressed and sad um, because he lost his job to be with Les- Leslie. <laughs> Reminiscing. Yeah. Um, he... When he makes that stop-motion film, um, he... He also has a business idea to create a, a low-cal calzone zone because um, he's depressed. And everyone's like, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> okay. I that sounds familiar. I've seen every episode of that show, but mm, I guess it's probably only like once each. Like shows that I'm good at quoting, I've usually seen like multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I'm not a great quoter of that or the or The Office or a bunch of other shows. I've only really done one through a one run through of. I can do Parks and Rec, especially that episode is my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. It's also the episode where um, Leslie's running for. Is it the same episode? I don't know. Send your corrections. But it, it's uh, Leslie's running for um, city council, and she um, is giving a um, like rally, and it's failing miserably, and it ends. Oh, it is. It is end because then Ben becomes her cam- campaign manager uh, at it's the his end. New job. It's his new there job. But um, it's my favorite episode because they have this gag where. They, the basketball arena they've booked is actually, it's set up for hockey. And then they get a red carpet that's not long enough, so it doesn't cover up all of the ice, but they still try to walk out. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's losing it right now, just thinking about it. And they, they try to walk across, but they're slipping and sliding. Meanwhile, like the um, the the music in the background is, get on your feet. Get up and make it happen. Get on your... Over and over again because I don't have enough for all song. Oh, good, good. 
Emily's in a little bit of a laughing fit right now. It's fun. Um, it's my favorite part. Everybody. Sometimes when I'm sad, I just watch that scene. Everybody just pause our podcast. Go on to Netflix, Hulu, wherever Netflix, this is. Netflix, yeah. Check out this episode of Parks and Recreation. Come back. Unpause. And you'll be laughing as hard as Emily is right now. They try to climb onto a stage and they don't do it well. It's good physical comedy. It's good physical comedy. Um, all right. Well, we got through our favorite pies. So my of. top five is just pumpkin pie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will, I, I Thanksgiving for me, pie. I will like, uh, it'll be like dessert time and it'll be like three or four pies or something. And then like also other stuff, other desserty things, cookies and stuff. And I, I load up pretty hard with thanksgiving desserts and i'll just grab a slice of every kind of pie and have one of each Mm because i like to go and nuts (laughs) um all of our stuff is out at the same time so like regular food and dessert food Mm -hmm. um and i will get my regular food and my dessert food and then i will go back for more pumpkin pie again i love pumpkin pie Mm mm-hmm no, uh, absolutely no dispute here. Little whipped pies. cream at the top. I even I even rated it my favorite pie t- mm-hmm. as well. Whipped cream? No whipped cream? Whipped cream, yeah, I'd say whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Um, on all pies. You can put whipped cream on any pie in my book. I would agree with that, although I don't like whipped cream in drinks like at Starbucks. I always say no whipped cream, um, but I like it on pies. What about on the caramel apple spice side of thing you've ever ordered at Starbucks? I've never ordered that. Well, let me tell you what. Get it with whipped cream. Get it with caramel. And enjoy. It is I've made very them. good. You've made the the thing from Starbucks? Yeah. Because I worked there. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I also, uh, strangely don't... I never really see people order them. So I kind of think it's a thing that only I order. <laughs> I do feel weird whenever I order. I mean, tea tea is fine, I guess. But if I like order, I don't know. Maybe I'm even tea. I guess like I'm always weirded out that the idea of other people ordering tea at Starbucks. Like I know I do it, <laughs> but I just never ever see anyone else order order tea or caramel apple spice or like they still have hot chocolate there. They used yeah, to. it's like a mocha without espresso. Yeah. Uh, or I order their weird, like they'll have like the peppermint mm-hmm. chai and I'm like, who's drinking this but me? <laughs> people are drinking them. People, a lot of people. Uh, the caramel apple spice is, uh, pretty good. I'm surprised you didn't just like make one and go like, mm, this looks delicious. Well, that's when I discovered my love of chai when I worked there. Mm. Speaking of chai, is it time, Matt? Let's get into it. Did you like that transition? Yeah, it was good. Tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea talk. That was short. Yeah, my I thought in the middle that my mom told me the one that she liked the best once, and then I couldn't remember how to do it, and then I kind of panicked in my brain and, and stopped. Well, it's good because that opening segment was a long. That was a long one. <laughs> so anytime, any moment we can cut some time out uh emily you brought the tea i did let's talk tea um so this tea which i have been happily drinking 
Thank you so much, Matt. He just handed me the box full of teas. It comes in a set from, it's a David's Tea. Classic. Tea. I mean, it comes in a very beautiful box. It has like little fall trees on it because this box is entitled Fall Faves. And I bought it for the pod. Um, and it's called 12 Teas to Keep You Cozy. But the tea we chose today was pumpkin chai. And it is a black tea. And it is described as a black tea spiced with caramel, pumpkin, pumpkin candies, cinnamon, and cloves. Oh, you better believe there's a little little pumpkin bits in this thing. Yeah, there's tiny little pumpkin candies in it. It's so cute. They look like uh, pumpkin sprinkles. Um, yeah, in fact, I'm going to open up the tea. Yeah, take a look. I bought this set because I thought it would be enough and then we'd be able to use it all in one go, except for I think I'll actually have another cup of tea. Wow. I get home. And that's okay because I'm enjoying this tea. Spoiler alert. That's what I was going to say earlier. I'm enjoying this tea is what I was going to say earlier. Um, but yeah, there's like tiny little pumpkin candies in it. And it's so cute. They're good. Catch that on our Instagram. Um, there's also big chunks of what I assume is one of the spices. Big chunks yeah. of spices and as we poured it in matt remarked that it smelled a lot like pumpkin as soon as you pour the hot water on it it just like it smells like pumpkin pie like spice mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah you want to look at it yeah i'll take a look sure Hi. why not matt's looking at it i yeah i didn't go away from the microphone <laughs> um yeah it's got a little let's uh you know little little black leaves of tea <laughs> But cute little pumpkins. Cute little pumpkins. Again, check out that Instagram. These are good. I tried to artfully put the pumpkins on top. Yeah. For the Instagram photo. It was a very good job. It should be uh, an art... um, Advisor? Food art placement person. My favorite maybe episode of any individual thing I've ever seen on the Food Network, which is not true because The Chopped is my favorite Food Network show. Um, it It was like Chopped, but it was not Chopped. But it was with people whose job it was to make food look good for advertisements Mm -hmm. it was fascinating all the tricks they use yes there's a lot of i've watched i've watched something Mm -hmm. it was a long time ago but yeah fascinating yes 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 but anyways this tea is pumpkin chai if i did not say that it's david's tea pumpkin chai in the fall faves box it is a fall fave everybody um and i will say I think it tastes like chai with a dash of pumpkin in it. You know what? I haven't had any of it yet. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? I'm already halfway through my cup. I'm such a kook. Well, let me try it. Now right. you can now you can commentate. All right. Matt is um looking away from me. He's pulling putting his Lego cup to his mouth. I've got a Lego cup. He has a Lego cup, by the way. Um, and he's taking a sip. And he's making a face. Yep. Now he's talking to the microphone. Making a face, making talking. Yeah, it's it's pumpkin chai. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna hit that milk up you've got over there. Yeah. See. I don't. Long time listeners, you'll know I'm not much of a milk guy, but here it goes. Milk into the tea. Um, Matt and I chose this tea together from our our um, treasure trove of teas that I have. Um, I gave him a few choices, and he picked this one. It's true. Um, it's true. 
It's October. We gotta get some pumpkin stuff. I know. We have to be pumpkin-y. It's very spooky. Um, Actually, last Halloween from David's Tea, I got a tea that was called like spooky, spooky chocolate or something. Spooky chocolate. <laughs> that was not the name of it, but it was. It what did a have good sp- name. Spooky chocolate. <laughs> it should be spooky chocolate. This is the... Uh, this is going to be the last uh, episode before Halloween. Oh, that's perfect timing. Yeah. Guys, I planned that. Spooky chocolate, pumpkin. I planned it. <laughs> this is not spooky chocolate, but. <laughs> I wish it was spooky chocolate. No, I'm enjoying this tea. Oh, I just man. I just wish there was a tea called spooky chocolate. <laughs> Listen, someday we're going to be such a big podcast that people are going to be like, all right, we want to make a, a special TBD blend of chocolate, of, uh, of tea, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to be like, spooky chocolate, spooky chocolate. <laughs> So if you're a local tea maker and you want to get a cool branded tea. Spooky chocolate. Tea, we'll lend you the name. TBD Spooky Chocolate Tea. <laughs> let's figure out how to make tea. Let's make uh, spooky chocolate. Let's figure out how to make like crazy weird tea. Yeah. We'd have to get a nice base. I'm going to say black tea. Oh, yeah. It's definitely black tea. Then we have to add chocolate bits that are spooky. Um, so I, yeah. Chocolate bits shaped like ghosts you know i was literally thinking the same exact thing <laughs> as you were saying that i was like they're little chocolate bits shaped as ghosts <laughs> so i think we've got a winner right now and if anyone <laughs> 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 my microphone just went went flying away we were so enjoying that idea that the microphone couldn't handle it i started i started fiddling with my uh little little knob thing here uh Spooky chocolate, such a good idea. Nobody steal that idea from us. It's ours. <laughs> it's recorded. Spooky Alex cho- Simmons, do not steal this. <laughs> Spooky chocolate. Um, yeah, that's a great name. That's a great name for tea. Uh, is it time? <sighs> time for questions? Yeah. Unless you have more you want to say. Uh, let's get into questions. Hey, Matt. I brought you this tea this week. And I, I have one quick question for you. Is this David's Tea, one-twelfth of Fall Faves, pumpkin chai, your cup of tea, or not your cup of tea? Fall Faves. It's in the top right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's up left. Uh, A sweet black tea spiced with caramel pumpkin candies, cinnamon, and cloves. Um, Medium caffeine. Oh, we should say 200 degrees Fahrenheit. This was steeped at for five minutes. And two out of three circles of caffeine. Two out of three. Medium. Which is not enough. I always want more, but that's okay. Not bad. Um, I uh, I'm, I guess this is the... I haven't really talked about the tea at all, so I would give it a little thing. Uh, I am enjoying this tea. I do like both pumpkin and chai. And um, I like black tea. Uh, I like caramel. Oh, I love caramel. I like cinnamon. I like cloves. These are like this is just everything I like is is in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it has a really like it tastes like all those things, but also has like a very unique flavor amongst tea. I would say. I, I would agree that with I've, that. Yeah, I haven't had really a tea like this before. Um, which I think I've only said maybe a couple of times in this mm-hmm. podcast. Um. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure that there must be actually some amount of sugar in this, um, even if you don't add sugar because of yeah. the caramel and the yeah. candy. Um, although I suppose you could make candy without sugar. Why would you? You can't make caramel without sugar though. No, because it is sugar. It is sugar. Just heat it up, melted, 
chemical change physical 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 and chemical it is a chemical change like toast is a right toast is a chemical change of bread because you wouldn't that be a physical change yeah but because you can never i think uh, a physical change is like water to ice because ice can become water again but bread can uh, toast can never become bread again because it's gone through a chemical change we're in a realm of science i can't speak to i can't tell you that pumpkins are seed holders um <laughs> thank you a thing i believe we mentioned last week on the podcast as well uh i think my science is correct but i think we have a couple scientists scientists hey scientists <laughs> let us know you know i was gonna go for scientist and then i wanted to change to science experts or something and then <laughs> i meant then i just came up with scientists um i think we have some scientists that listen so if i'm right or wrong please email us about that uh about the chemical versus physical change thing if that is indeed your kind of science it might not be so matt you are are, this is a unique tea to you it's unique tastes good delicious i'd say Mm -hmm. i think it was improved greatly by adding milk to it i'm loving the milk i think it's better a little creamy Mm -hmm. um I think that's true with, uh, for my for my money. That's true for a lot of black teas. I would agree. They do get improved with milk. Um, you know, I'm not always a milk cons- consumer, but uh, I do acknowledge when it is doing a great job. And I'm going to call this tea my cup of tea. Wow. That was a very Emily way of saying that. Um, try my best to... <laughs> try my best which in my mind is being like you (laughs) i am the best anyways i'm gonna have another sip of tea okay well while you're like doing that i guess i can long-windedly ask you um emily matthew claire riggins um, (laughs) is this tea by david's tea the pumpkin chai chai. just called pumpkin chai it is just called pumpkin chai I expected there to almost be more words in that. This is Pumpkin Chai Tea by David's Tea, one of our favorite tea companies here. (laughs) That we now have another dozen teas to try. (laughs) No, only 10, because one of them we've already had on the pod, and one is this one. Mm, There we go, 10 more. Um, Is this tea your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Matt, this might come as a surprise to you, but I would, you know, I'm just going to come right out with it. Um, It's my cup of tea. Wow. Um, pew, pew, pew. Pew, Fireworks. Pew, 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 pew. Um, That'd I'm, be a good place for us to have a sound effect, actually. I We need more sound effects, so mm. I will just continue to make them. <laughs> Please do. Um, so I like what you said about how it it's like a little different than other teas, because I think, I mean, I've only had it with milk because I knew it was a black tea and I knew I would need milk. Um, but I think there's like a thickness to it like a creaminess mm. but also a thickness to it that kind of makes it feel like not quite like almost a latte but not quite a latte indeed um yeah. so it's not like a chai latte in and of its own although i think if i knew how to make that it would make a really great chai latte yes um but it um it feels thicker and it feels like more it feels it's like one of those comforting teas like yeah i'll be honest i i i i if if we had a greater rating scale than than an upvote or a downvote, um, no, it's the perfect rating scale. If we if like in a hypothetical like in a crazy world, if we had like a scale of one to one hundred, like this is like in the the ninety to hundred 
writing for me. Yeah, like it's, it's very it, good. It's up there. Um, I wish maybe there should be like a way we can like say like something is certifiably great to us. Like again, it's not. I it's guess, my cup of tea with a certified stamp. <laughs> it, uh, my cup of tea. Yeah, that's it. It's with a stamp. Yeah, I would agree with that because there has been some my cups of tea that I have had that are like, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Versus um, like this, which I'm kind of sad. I mean, I'm happy I have an extra little bit, but I might have to go buy some more. Yeah, I would buy a whole thing of this. Um, so in baseball, they have um, a few stats that you may be familiar with um, or you may not be. Uh, there's batting average. I was going to just start naming some that I knew. Uh, you know, which which is, RBIs. is whatever. No, let's not get off too off track. I have a point I'm going to make. <laughs> There's batting average. That's how uh, the percentage of times that you uh, hit the ball, like um, that you get a hit. I'm going to simplify it. That you get a hit. Then there's the on-base percentage, a slightly better stat than batting average because it is the amount of times you get on base. So it's hits and walks, you know, uh, the rate at which you either get a hit or a walk, basically. Uh, then there is a thing called slugging percentage. Slugging percentage, now we're getting more complicated. Slugging is not as important as on-base percentage, but still important. That basically means how much power do you have. Um, and, uh, you know, so like if you hit four, four singles, that's worth less than four home runs. And slugging is what tells you sort of the power somebody has as a hitter. Then you have on-base plus slugging, OPS. That's oh, that's what that stands for. Literally, all you do is you add those two other numbers together. So you add on-base percentage and you add slugging percentage and you get OPS. OPS, that's also, that's a pretty good and okay way of like rating how a hitter hits. Um, it's better, certainly better than batting average or slugging on their own. It's arguable that on-base percentage is truly the most valuable number. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you had a team full of people who had a, a thousand on base percentage, they would just keep scoring runs into infinity. Uh, but they have over time, uh, have developed a thing called OPS plus OPS plus is a scale, uh, like that's like, um, you compared to other players. So a 100 OPS is like, you're very average. If you're below hundred, uh, uh, OPS plus you're below average. And if you're above 100, that me- whatever amount above, that means that amount is how much above average you are. So what I'm saying is we need a, we have, you know, my cup of tea, not my cup of tea. And all I'm pitching is a uh, my cup of tea, not my cup of tea plus. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Just so you know, you sound not very good talking to the side of the microphone. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I am trying to A, get myself more tea and B, clean up my spill. Yeah. Uh, Emily made it quite a mess here. I can just, I can just talk for a longer. Um, I wanted to say one thing while you were um, talking about batting averages, mm-hmm. the Mendoza line. Indeed. But I kept that in because you had, you had a point. I did. I did. I did also trail off near the end. So I, I kind of, it's tough to keep on track. You know, you just want to talk. By the way, I am just going to keep talking until Emily's done cleaning her mess. <laughs> So if you don't like hearing me rant, you can skip forward 30 seconds on this podcast. Uh, Mendoza line batting below 200. The infamous 
player whose first name I'm forgetting, but Mendoza uh, was his last name. He he batted. It's like the low one of the lowest batting averages ever for an entire season. Uh, that's considered very terrible. If you if you bat that way, you're a very bad batter. And uh, my percentage of getting cup into tea into cup is uh, low right now. Uh, Emily's spilled what can only be considered an entire cup of tea <laughs> on the table. I don't understand because I did it in the kitchen. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I'm watching you, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Emily, why don't you just get back to the microphone, and I'll pour you some more tea. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Get in there. I can this is I want to boomerang this someday, but I still haven't done it. <laughs> Matt, I need yeah. the spoon. Do you have enough tea? Should I pour you more? I mean, I don't want to steal all your tea after no, I've spilled an entire cup on the table. It's fine. I'll pour you some more tea. Okay. You just need to talk while I'm doing it. Just okay, fill, I'll fill yeah. the air. Okay, I'm handing my cup to Matt. And I'm gonna tell you what I know about baseball. Uh, um, I know that there's walks. I actually know a little bit about baseball, but I don't want to repeat everything Matt just said. Um, I know about walks. I know about intentional walks. I know that the TV show Pitch is a great baseball show. And one that should be watched by everyone. I know that I love the Cardinals. And they are not boo, trash. Boo, boo, <laughs> I pour you this cup of tea and all you have to come on here and talk this <laughs> blasphemy about how great the Cardinals are. Um. Anyways, check out episode. Oh, what episode do I think baseball was? I'm gonna guess the baseball episode was episode 19. Does that sound crazy? 18, 19, 1918 was like the last time the Red Sox won the World Series before 2004. We recorded it in June. <laughs> uh, was it June? Yeah, because it was right before DCM. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. <sighs> okay no, we, are, that. <laughs> we are done talking about baseball we were done talking about spilling tea spilling tea ah! uh we are um that was tough that was a tough that was a tough few minutes for me we we had some struggle and i'm glad you guys all could come through on the other side with us uh tea talk complete tea talk done all right emily Matt. uh you know every three weeks we do one of these matt and emily alone episodes and what that means is we don't have a guest. Get them out of here. Give us any kind of topic. They don't have, there's no guest topic. There's no main guest topic when it's just the two of us. What, what ends up happening is the main topic is generated by either you or I. You That's know? insane. And, uh, well, see, the last time we had a topic of such nature, I believe it was my new metal episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about new metal. Check it out if you haven't yet. It's not old. It's, did you just say it's not old? Yeah, it's new. It's new. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Um, Metallica would be old metal. Um, this is good. Promote these old episodes no one's listening to. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to it. Uh, that one and the baseball one, both solos of mine. I could have used that one as another example of an episode. I had a topic. But you know what? I do not have a topic this week. That's no, not... you do not. No. If I were to dare have a topic, Emily would be so mad at me. I'd be stealing her limelight <laughs> because this week, Emily has the main topic. Hell yeah, the, I do. The only topic to be, to be certain other than top five pies. Um, so Emily, 
because we were at the proper time for me to ask you, what is your topic? I'm going to tell you, Matt. So, Matt, today I got halfway through the day at work and at the pumpkin farm, and I was like, oh, I need a topic today. And I'm like, no, I already picked one out a few weeks ago. And that topic is, are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Improv. Oh, wow. Pow, pow, pow. Um, <laughs> you know, I picked this topic because I think it'll, 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 it'll teach us about each other and be a good conversation <laughs> between the two of us. Sure. Um, uh, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my origin story with improv. <laughs> Although origin stories are the least uh, interesting part of superhero stories. Although I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, probably... I think all the all the best ones. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Iron Man one. That's like a movie wise. It's a good one. I think I've seen part of it. Spider Man is a good origin story. It's just overtold. Yeah. And so is Batman. Batman is a good one. It's just overtold. Yeah. Just uh, boring at this point. Um. Okay. So I started doing improv. Um. In I can never remember the year because years are hard to remember. But it would have been two thousand. What year is it now? 2018? Mm-hmm. Um, it was why I was still working at the Children's Museum. I'm going to say 2014. Multiple years ago. Yeah. Uh, in 2014, because I um, had just moved to New York after living in New Jersey for a year, and I was so homesick all the time. So I listened to podcasts all the time, and all the podcasts I listened to, they did improv at the UCB. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. What are these podcasts? Oh, you know, the standards. Listen to the podcast episode. But also, I'll tell you right here. Mm. Comedy Bang Bang. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, you Made It Weird. Mm-hmm. All of those. Yeah, Improv for Humans? Question eh, mark, question mark, question mark. Not really. Sometimes, but not often. Um, okay. Um, and I was like, I need to do that. And then I did. Mm-hmm. And took 101 liked it okay took 201 it's good mm-hmm. and i took 301 and mm-hmm. then 401 and then somewhere along the way i'm like oh it's my favorite thing to do of all time there you go favorite thing yeah uh hey emily because i'm a big dumb goofball you're a big dumb goofball who are you what is improv oh yeah <laughs> um this is two episodes in a row where we start talking about something and without defining what it is Indeed. Um, improv is a form of impro- improvised comedy. <laughs> Pioneers. Mm-hmm. I, um, no, but really, it's um, comedy that is made up on the spot. And depending on how you do it, you get a suggestion. And then you um, you kind of like riff off each other and you make it up. And if you're in UCB, you find a funny thing, which we call the game, and do it over and over again. But there's also short form comedy. Like whose line? Whose line is it, anyways? Which I am not talking about. I'm talking about long form comedy. You see, an important, important, important distinction already. Yeah. Long form being scenes of two people or more, mm-hmm. sort of just kind of uh, organically getting to, like, organically speaking to each other. Yeah. In a way that is hopefully comedic. Yeah. And I realized to the improv person when I use the word organic there, that might not be the improv person's way of using the word organic, but that's like the real definition yeah. of organic. Um, and 
I loved it. And yeah. Um okay. Do we do did we do a good job defining improv? I think we're just going to keep do, I think we're I think that's a good start. I think okay. it's going to define yeah. itself as Picture whose line is it anyway except for without like the the games. Uh yeah. Yeah, so short form is structure is like structured. Mm-hmm. So it's less you're less organically getting to the funny part. They give you the funny part. The funny part is more, yeah. You're still in charge. I mean, which is not to um, talk down to short form improv. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can get to that in one moment. Uh, but it's just more structured and there's just more already like baked into it. Yeah. I mean, like whose line is it anyway when they're doing like the thing where they have like giant props? It's like, well, the funny part is, is I mean, the people on the show are very funny and they're doing yeah. funny things, but like what's helping them be funny is like the props yeah. or whatever, where like a more traditional Im- or a long form improv show would not have any such props. Yeah. We have a few chairs and that would be it. <laughs> I love chair work. We'll get to that. Matt. <sighs> yeah. We know each other through improv. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Tell me about how you start improv. <sighs> I started improv a hundred years ago. <laughs> I don't have to give the exact time. That um, is so old. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when did I start improv? Probably like, I think it was like seven or eight years ago. So it was a while ago. Um, I think I was 26 when I started. <laughs> that would be seven years ago. Uh, and uh, basically I started doing improv because I was doing stand-up comedy. Um, hey, Matt, what's stand-up comedy? Stand-up comedy <laughs> would be... Uh, when uh, a person stands in front of a microphone, they're standing upright in the upright position. Um, they could sit. I don't mind if they sit and um, tell jokes into a microphone to people. And it's uh, been around a while. Um, I think the first person to ever do it was John Mulaney. <laughs> he seems pretty famous. Um. Now, I've been doing I've been doing stand up for longer than I've heard of John Mulaney and <laughs> and then I wanted to You created stand up? I created stand up. And I wanted to I was doing stand up um in Boston and I did perform a few times at Improv Boston, which is the big improv one of the big improv theaters in Boston. And then I just and I used to watch the oh, my real beginning to why I started doing UCB and doing improv is that I used to watch the Upright Citizens Brigade sketch show on Comedy Central in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, it's also where like Amy Poehler got her start, was on this TV show mm. and things like you that. You have a poster for it right behind your head. That's true. Um, that's true for the DVDs, uh, which I own all three seasons of. And uh, so I knew about UCB back in in like nine, or like I'll say like, the show was the show started in like ninety eight or ninety nine, but I'll say I I found out about the show in like two thousand or two thousand and one, and um, I really loved the show. I used to, and then like even later, like years later, I think when the DVD started coming out, I started watching it again like obsessively. Um, that was maybe like ten years ago now, that I was just like watching the DVDs a whole bunch, or I had I had like digital copies of them all somehow. I must have stolen them. <laughs> illegally downloaded them perhaps but i was a huge fan of the show when i was doing stand-up i was like oh i should try improv to like expand my stuff and i came to new york for a week took a week off from work 
took level 101 as an intensive, uh, went back to Boston, and the um, I had so much fun that before I'd even left New York, I'd signed up for classes back in Boston, and I did like the whole curriculum at Improv Boston. And I did the whole curriculum at Improv Asylum, which is also originally in Boston, now it's opening up in New York as well. And uh, uh, so, yeah, those are my first like uh, 11 classes in, in uh, improv <laughs> of many more. I can't believe I just said 11 and it's true. I took, I skipped level one at Improv Asylum because mm. they let you do that there if you had already done a program somewhere else. That's uh, nice. Yeah. Um, also in Boston, I used to do short form improv. I was a part of comedy sports which is like a franchise of short form improv around the country and also internationally, I think. Um, but it's like, it's kind of like who's on is it anyway, but framed more like a sports competition. So there's mm-hmm. like a referee and you have teams, two teams of either three or four mm-hmm. and the teams are trying to win like sort of the same way. Who's on is it anyway is like artificial points. Like, yeah. Uh, the points in comedy sports are also sort of artificial. Although I think it, <laughs> i'm not like all improv is a cult i'm yes. gonna say that right off the bat if you do improv you are a part of a cult uh a subset of that cult is the cult of comedy sports so they might be mad that i said the, the points don't matter in it um listen i did a lot i've done a lot of comedy sports matches in my life <laughs> they're fun and i had a good time doing them the points don't matter <laughs> wow uh, you're supposed to, you i think deep, deep down they all everyone knows that but you know, it's weird to, sometimes it can be weird to make Do they the, give points based on laughter or just like? Some of them are direct competition games where you have a, a winner. So, oh, okay. um, for example, um, there is like, uh, I remember it's called like, what are you doing? I think. And each team, you have two teams and both teams go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and each team sends one person to be like in the front, like to be active competitor, and the other two people are behind them, not doing anything uh, special, especially true. And then uh, one of them, they'll get a suggestion of something that they're supposed to be doing. So they'll be miming, let's say, uh, painting a fence, you know, and they're just like, uh, they pretend they have a uh, a paintbrush in their hand and they're moving it up and down on an, on a, you know, a make-believe fence. Yeah. And then the other person, their competitor will Mm -hmm. say, say, say you and I are on opposite teams and you, Emily are painting the fence. I would say, Hey, Emily, what are you doing? And then you would say something to me that was not painting a fence. So tell me, uh, so Emily, what are you doing? I'm running a marathon. Okay, now, Emily has said she was running a marathon. She has done a good job because she did not say painting a fence. Now, I'm Matt, and I'm going to now start miming running a marathon. So I will start, I don't know, jogging in place. Then, Emily, you would ask me... Hey, Matt. Yeah. What are you doing? Now, what I want to say is cleaning the dishes. Because if I'm cleaning the dishes, I'm, I'm saying something that I'm not doing. But if I accidentally say... I'm running a marathon or if I said like I'm sprinting or anything that is resembling what I actually am doing. Even if I said like I'm running away from the cops. Yeah. I would, I would be out. 
Wow. Uh, or depending on how you play this game, I would be rotated out. So then, uh, because I messed up, I would go to the back of the line of my own team and another teammate would go up front. And then depending on how you play, either you would stay in the front. Actually, normally, yeah, normally you would just keep going. And so as long as like you aren't messing up and saying the wrong mm-hmm. thing, you would keep staying yeah. out front. Now that is like an objective uh, score because whoever has the fewest rotations would get points. Yeah. Um, that was one way of doing it. The other way was that like each team would do an improv scene and then like the audience would laugh a meter, vote like who they thought was the better oh, that's so, one. Oh, I don't like that. Um, and well, you have to treat like you basically treat the comp like behind the scenes, you know, it's not a real competition. So you kind of are just like trying to do the best improv or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I had fun cause I would act like really mad. Like if the audience didn't like my scene, I would get all like, uh, mad in a comical way. <laughs> uh, so it's like, you're all trying to benefit the show. So you would never do something like, you this crowd's a bunch of idiots you loser i mean maybe you would if you're trying to do that as your persona yeah. but <laughs> you wouldn't like you wouldn't really get mad or that upset yeah it's like oh all right they like their scene better or something yeah and also because it's short form it might, they might have just had like the goofier sillier set yeah which happens a lot high energy can get a lot of laughs yeah. if you just go nuts the physical comedy That's parts true. And... as i i was laughing at something i'd watched mm-hmm and that's not even happening now. No, you're just thinking about it. That's so funny. Uh, and then I moved to New York, and then I started doing improv uh, at uh, UCB, uh, the Magnet Theater, some other places. Uh, and then oh. uh, we uh, we met at the uh pioneers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a a bar that people go to after comedy shows at some theaters (laughs) pit loft Mm -hmm. right next door yep um wow that's my story of how i got started i don't think i've heard that whole story uh i feel like i keep going but this is your topic not mine no that's true (laughs) i'm gonna go on to my my so um i can tell you the first time i got a good note Ooh. Um, so I was, see when looking back on this, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that, know if that was a good scene, but he noted it well. Yeah. What, um, is, what is a note? Oh, thank you for uh, keeping me on track. I'm going to play the part of Emily for the rest of this podcast. Um, Matt, a note is in an improv scene. Um, when the coach or teacher in improv, we call the people like helping us, directing us coaches. If I may, for one second, yeah. in Boston, we do call it directors. Oh, interesting. So when I moved to New York at, um, and it started, it, everyone was called a coach. Yeah. I would often say director on accident yeah. or whatever because it would just like slip of the tongue. I think a lot of places use the word director yeah. also. But I, in some ways, I think director sounds a little, little stuffy. Although I also think coach doesn't sound stuffy enough. Yeah, I... I'm not, I'm not sure either of them is the perfect term. Yeah. I would guess, I guess I would lean towards director being better because, uh, in sketch you have a director. That's true. And, uh, I just think it's maybe easier to parallel those things. Um, and they are directing you more than coaching you. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. But the, the teacher, uh, the note, a note is like, the good or bad things you did so like 
oh, you interacted with that person really well and really added information versus, oh, that was, um, trying to think of a bad note. (laughs) Um, everything that anyone's ever said to me has been a bad note. Anytime someone's tried to correct my improv, bad note. Um, it's not so much if you think it's good or bad. It's that (laughs) the note is, and you can improve an improving note. Yeah, it's um, like a good note is one that you can actually use. Mm-hmm. I, I can give you an example of a bad note. Mm-hmm. This is my this is maybe my go to example of a bad note. Um, so anytime I just this is a general kind of note I just like is whenever you do an improv scene in front of so this is like either in a show or at a practice you would mm-hmm. have either a coach or a director watch you and say like Hey Emily, I really liked that you. Um, we're able to frame the unusual thing in that scene. Mm-hmm. That's just like a compliment. Yeah. But it also, the note could also be like, you know, any, like it also is helpful to everyone else to be like, uh, look how Emily framed that. She said, she was like, Hey, you know, usually people don't, uh, ride their vacuums around their front lawns, like, a <laughs> ride on lawnmower or whatever. I don't know. That wasn't a, what a great improv scene that would be. Um, uh, but you know, those educational notes. But the kinds of notes that I dislike are any time that they give you like a suggestion of some other way your improv scene could have gone or like they try to rewind time and be like, I would have done this. I'm like, I don't care what you would have done. It's too late. The scene, that improv scene will ne- like improv scenes don't repeat. You know, once you do yeah. an improv scene once, it's gone forever. I would agree um, with that. So one time I was doing, uh, it was in a class and somebody, this was I guess it was like three years ago um, or maybe almost four years ago, but um, I was in this class and somebody had told me that I was riding or that they were riding, someone was riding a, or that they wanted to buy something, whatever, a hoverboard. Now I have come to understand what a hoverboard is when people say that they mean those little gizmos that people ride around. But this, about four years ago, that was like when these were first like becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And I honestly had never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew hoverboards from was the movie Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which is still to me the most famous example of a hoverboard. He rides a hoverboard. Uh, the bullies beat him up. They go, hoverboards don't work on water unless you got power. And they laugh and et cetera, et cetera. I even own, I own a replica hoverboard from uh, Back to the Future. You're not going to find it in my room if you look for it. <laughs> that's what you were just looking for. You should have it out. I should have it out. Uh, that's what I think hoverboards are. Mm-hmm. And I like was doing, I, I, I responded to this person in this scene, like they were talking about the back to the future hoverboards because that's all I know in my head of hoverboards. And the teacher like stopped me and like told me I was doing like the scene wrong and that I was like not acknowledging what a hoverboard was and all this stuff. I was like, Listen, I don't know that hoverboards are what are you, I'm t- I'm literally talking about the ho- the only kind of hoverboard I know. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you don't know back to the future. <laughs> but it just like it was this it's it's to this day the note that I hate the most because I was getting called out for something that I that was like first of all unhelpful note. It wasn't helpful once I like like I didn't find out till I didn't figure out till later that what a hoverboard actually is. Like yeah. it's not like the teacher was like, "Oh, you must not know what a hoverboard is. This is what yeah. a hoverboard is." No, that's not what the note was. It was just that like I, I was seen as fucking around, and I was like, "I'm not fucking around. <laughs> this is what I think a hoverboard is." I'm 
literally another improv buzzword, you know, talking to the top of your intelligence. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know a hoverboard from was this one thing. And I was literally doing the scene like that. Yeah. <laughs> I blame this person who I think is older than older than me. I think the teacher is older than I am for not knowing hoverboards from Back to the Future. I feel like that's on this person for not I, knowing. <laughs> I will say I've never seen Back to the Future and I know that hoverboards are from Back to the Future. See, there you go. And I also know that you can't take hoverboards like the wheelie things on planes because they'll blow up <laughs> or True. explode or something happens to them. I'm not sure. Yes, yeah, the batteries might uh, yeah. might explode. Just like that phone. You can't... Uh, the Note uh, 7? Yeah. Samsung Note 7? You can't... I love this D. Yeah, it's good. You cannot bring uh, lithium... Ba- you cannot stow lithium-ion batteries in um, checked baggage on a plane, which is any kind of like cell phone battery, mm-hmm. uh, hoverboard, any any basically any chargeable modern chargeable device has a lithium ion battery in it and mm. you cannot just throw those into your uh carry-on luggage because they might blow up or that's the fear yeah um okay so going back to notes and improv <laughs> um it was in my 101 class and it really kept me going <laughs> um but i was in a scene with someone and we were i don't remember what exactly the exercise was but i think it was just a scene and for some reason, I we were we were putting out a carpet, a fake improv carpet. Imagine that object work for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it down, rolling it out, and the my scene partner um, like walks away from it, and we start having a conversation about our relationship, and he becomes an, an uncommitted person to like the relationship, mm-hmm. and then. And then at the end, I just screamed, commit to the glue, because he couldn't commit to anything. The carpet glue. Okay. It's really so hard to describe improv scenes. It truly I'm is. sorry that you had to listen to that. But the note was that I, I rested the game well, which I am bad at, generally. Resting the game being that... Not doing the funny thing all the time. Yes, yes, yes. You do the funny thing, and then you go back to a normal thing. Then you do the funny thing, and you go back to a normal thing. Then you do the funny thing. Then you go back to the normal thing. You want those peaks and those valleys. Yeah. You know, you can't be all peaks because then they're not funny. Yeah. Have those valleys. People think they laugh oh, they're, they're not doing the funny thing anymore. Yeah. And then you do the funny thing again and it's even funnier than last time. And yeah. then you stop doing it. Then you do it again and you stop doing it. Cool. Peaks to valleys. Yeah. Um, um, Emily, you take, you take these improv classes and then what do you do? Oh, well, Matt, let me tell you what you do. So, um, Starting in 301, I started doing practice groups, which are like you do improv outside of class. Um, I actually did my first one with um, former guest Shannon Kelly um, and other people, but she was in it. Yeah. Um, and that was formed out of my 301. You like get a bunch of people together. You go to a practice space, which is any rehearsal space. There's a bunch of them around. I mean, you don't have to. You can do them in people's apartments, but and you get a coach, and which is like a teacher, but not a formal teacher and then you do improv once a week um and you practice doing the things you want to work on and then you do shows if you want outside of outside of practice so you go to little indie improv spaces sometimes backs of bars and basements and you do improv in front of people who are there you do improv I will say, let's say the life cycle is you take 
you decide you either see an improv show or yeah. you hear about improv being a cool thing. Yeah. Then you sign up for your first class. Mm-hmm. They teach you a little bit of improv. Mm-hmm. You sign up for your second class. They teach you a little more. Mm-hmm. Then that keeps going basically mm-hmm. for infinity. <laughs> then you feel like, then you're like, I want to do this on stage. All the, all the while, while you're taking these classes, you're probably also doing class shows, which are uh, on the stage. But that's just like what, you know, once per class, maybe two or three times per class, but not yeah. very much. And then, you know, you go form these, then from there you form these practice groups or you mm-hmm. form your own independent teams. Like you'd form uh, an indie band or something yeah. like that. Even give yourself a goofy name like Alpaca or Jazzercise. Those are um, our team names. Yes. Um, uh, and and then, yeah, you, you're like, I want to do this regularly in front of people because I like, I like this. I like being a, I like being either goofy or not goofy or just funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, it's acting without having to learn uh, lines. That's the best part. You don't have to learn any. Well, you have to learn a lot of stuff, but you don't have to memorize anything. The classes are basically just a trick so you don't have to learn lines. Yeah. Like you could do, if you really wanted to, you could do like, you could be an actor. Mm-hmm. And that's like the same thing as improv, but you have to like work hard every time. You have to learn new lines instead of just... Uh, learning the rules of pretending <laughs> in the class i um in the class i'm taking right now um the teacher um the the funny thing in the scene was not this but it came up a lot that it was funny that we were ambitious in a certain way and she's like ambitious is not funny normal people have that <laughs> and then she was like that's a self burn i i do this <laughs> you don't have to plan anything yeah that it's def- yeah it's definitely a thing i mean that's i also do like or i used to do a lot more but i don't really i still do some of this but uh sketch comedy which is like which i guess it's important that we differentiate what sketch and improv are because a lot of people don't seem to know the difference improv nothing scripted nothing scripted you just make it up on the spot you're making it up as you go uh short form some guidelines yeah sketch it's all written it's all written it's written ahead of time saturday night live they're not made they're 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 uh reading lines you know yeah that's not made up at all it's rehearsed they they practiced they rehearsed that thing yeah they even do a whole taped dress rehearsal mm-hmm. beforehand that sometimes they put parts of it online mm-hmm. for saturday night live <laughs> um they put the cut sketches online mm-hmm. and those are usually really weird because people are like breaking in them because they know it's not for serious but then it gets on youtube anyways <laughs> uh so sketch improv totally different sort of things although often related to each mm-hmm. other. But as a former person who did a lot of sketch, still current person who does some amount of sketch, it's very hard to get people to do sketch because you have to be like, you You ask a lot of like improvisers to do it with you and they um, don't want to learn lines. Are too busy being improvisers. They're like, they're like, oh, but I, there's like rehearsals and, and I have to go to them and blah, blah, blah. And people, it's really... <sighs> On, in an in a ideal world, if you run a sketch group, you would like never have improvisers there <laughs> because uh, they and we are harder to deal with than mm-hmm. like people who actually want to act. Yeah. I will say that I treat sketch very sincerely and I try hard, but I have been with a lot of people on sketch teams who are doing, who are there to, because they do improv and mm-hmm. they are a lot, tend to be pretty hard to work with. Yeah. <laughs> um, why you were talking, I re- realized I want to say about why I, I like doing improv, why I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think in many ways improv can be a little frustrating because you like are practicing a lot and like sometimes it's hard to see feel yourself getting better because it happens kind of slowly I'd say it happens slowly and then in bursts that's how I've always felt would you Mm -hmm. agree uh yeah that sounds right um but I think I keep because it's just like when you're in a scene and you know it's going well and you and your scene partner are like I want to use the word vibing, although I don't like that word. Like really playing off each other. It's just like gelling. Gelling. You're just like, it's like the funnest possible thing because you don't know what you're going to say and you don't know what your partner's going to say, but it all combines together to like this like feeling of like, I just did that. Look at that. I just did that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think when you're really in that flow, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a good, it's a good feeling, especially like a good improv show feels really good. Yeah. I should say a bad improv show feels really pretty poopy, but, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel great. Uh, but good ones feel good. And as long as you have more, uh, more good ones than bad ones, it's going to continue to feel good. <laughs> I also think for me that like growing up, if you would have told me that I did improv, I'd been like, what are you talking about? I would never do that. So I think also part of it is that it's something I never thought I would do or could do. And it's something I'm pretty okay at. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say I'm good, but pretty okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And most of the people we have on this podcast are improvisers. Yeah. You get such good friends. Like 90%. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like how we made all these friends for this for this show mm-hmm. from improv. Yeah. Emily and I would not have a show if not for improv because we would <sighs> never have met. No. <laughs> Probably not a chance in the world that we would have met if not no. for improv. Um, if there was no improv, I might not have moved to New York. Although I kind of moved here for stand up and not really improv, but who knows? <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. But like I was voted most shy in high school. Most shy. Which... I contend and stand by the fact that by the fact I won most shy, I was inherently not the most shy person. <laughs> Therefore, it was a dumb award. And the only reason I won it is because Troy from the last episode campaigned for it. And I did not want it. I should have brought that up on the last pod. Because mm. I'm still pretty mad at him about it. <laughs> um, but in but like, you couldn't say anything at the time because you're so shy. <laughs> No, I do think I made this point to him at the time mm-hmm. and to other people. I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. But I also told people not to vote for me and they still did. Um, I don't, I don't, maybe then, maybe me telling people not to vote for me proves that I was most shy. Yeah. It's a dumb war. I don't want anyone looking at me. <laughs> Listen, you aren't shy anymore. You're, you're a uh, host of the podcast, you know, you're putting your voice out there for an hour, hour and a half every week. I am just talking all the time. Always talking. But I can also remember being in Ohio State where I went to school. Um, and I did this thing called Buckeye-thon, which is like an all-night, all-day dance marathon for cancer research. And as like one of the entertainments one hour, they had uh, the improv team at Ohio State. And I remember being, one, exhausted because I had been up for so long and just not understanding why i was awake but i so partly i was like oh what is happening but i was also like that looks like so much fun i could never do that but i can guys i can 
And I do it all the time. <laughs> it's true. Uh, was that the first improv show you ever saw? Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in it, but. I, uh, yeah, I remember the first one I ever saw, but I don't, couldn't tell you what I saw yeah. actually occur in it. Uh, mine was also in college, which would have been years before I started doing improv. Uh, but, uh, I still saw it and remember it. <laughs> uh, I saw the Walsh brothers who they, for a while, maybe still had like comedycentral.com like specials or not specials, mm-hmm. like little short sketch videos that they would do. Uh, anyways, they moved, they like were pretty popular in Boston and then they moved to LA cause they were so successful with their like Boston show <laughs> that they did for years. I'm making L.A. with my hands. L.A. Oh, I thought of something else I wanted to say, but I can't remember what it was. It'll come back to me. Um. Um. Improv, improv, improv. Improv is hard to talk about sometimes. Um, um, just like my mom will ask me, shout out to my mom, like, what, what did you do in practice today? And I'm like, well, we did some scenes. And I played a a farmer who ate pie. <laughs> what a character. I know. Um, but it's hard to like, unless you're in the moment. This is another thing I like about improv is that it's very in the moment. And then it just kind of goes away. Improv is, that's like, um, improv is very hard to uh, like film and watch yeah like long form improv at least um obviously whose line is it anyway is a tv show but mm-hmm. um uh i guess we'd be remiss if we didn't say that there are forms of long form improv uh so if you go to like the ucb theater you learn the herald um which is a specific order of kinds of scenes this is how i describe it to people sure it's one scene a second scene a third scene and then a bu- then a big scene where everyone's in, and then a second part of that first scene, a second part of the second scene, and a second part of the third scene, and then another silly big t- big scene, mm-hmm. and then kind of a mix of everything. Yeah, Harold. Harold. That's it. Uh, there's one that sort of sounds like my last name, the Armando. It's not my. It's not named after me though. No. Uh. Uh-uh. That one, you have a monologist, and then you do scenes based on the monologue from that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, um, I'm trying to think of good ones. Mono scenes? Mono scene, which, which is just is, one big, oh, you go for it. Oh, it's just one, it's one room, one scene, people can come in and out, but the, it's like basically that time frame. So if your show is 15 minutes, it's loosely a 15 minute scene. Um, and it's all takes place in one room. Indeed. Um, yeah, most improv sets, like, if you're doing like an indie show, you're probably doing like 12 to 15 minutes. Maybe if you're lucky, you're doing 20 minutes in, oh. in New York back, back in my Boston days, uh, my teams would regularly do like 20, 22 minute long shows. Mm-hmm. Which is more, I think better. I wish there was more of that here. Um, shorter shows mean more people have to do the show, which means more people attend. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks, uh, that they do. I, uh, yeah, whatever. I think in an ideal world, you you get twenty minutes. I have a whole. I have all these complaints, but I think it's because in New York, like, there's so many indie teams and so many people yeah. trying to just like do their stuff that like 
there's actually a lot of people not trying very hard yeah. or like and a lot of people that are jaded and a lot of people that like i don't know i wish there were half as many shows and people just tried twice as hard on them <laughs> wouldn't what a world that would be uh and then uh what if all the raindrops were gumdrops and lemon drops oh what a wonderful world that would be sorry I, yeah. you said that and i couldn't figure out where i knew that from or like what made me think of so mm. I, then i had to sing it there you go it's out there now uh yeah anyways there's all kinds of forms and then you can learn different ones yeah. and they take up oh yeah i, I kind of wanted to, yeah so like something like the herald is usually like 20 25 minutes uh, i think you need to do a good herald well i mean you don't need you could you need 25 minutes i think of a good i think of a good herald taking 24 or 25 minutes yeah. uh but yeah you kind of you kind of want to be in that safe space of being able to go either 20 or 25 because like sometimes you do shorter ones and they they should just end mm-hmm. no one likes a dragged on improv set uh but also you, you don't want to cut short because then that also stinks um and then uh i don't know i think i was going on the timing thing and then like you can sort of i don't want to say move up in the world but then as you go from like being an indie team to being like a house team somewhere you probably are getting a half hour to like 45 minutes for your sets yeah um i used to do comedy sports shows those were like over an hour was it easier to do longer with like the short formness of it um it certainly it kind of flies by I mean, there's like a structure to it. So there's like, all, like, I think like when you're doing something like the Herald, uh, the sense of like group ownership over it. So, so if you're doing like a class and you're learning the Herald, there's going to be eight people running that Herald. Yeah. And um, typically those first three scenes Emily just described have two people in them. Yeah. And so that leaves like, so that kind of means like two person f- for each of those scenes. That's six people for just those first three scenes with kind of minimal overlap like you don't really want to be in two of those scenes unless yeah. like there's only five people. there's some nece- necessity for you yeah. to be there um you know maybe if the, if the scene calls for like a waiter or something you might do what we call a walk on and you'd walk on and like that's not such a bad thing to do yeah. um sometimes you got to be a waiter sometimes sometimes a scene just need, especially if like the two people in the scene are like when's that waiter going to be here Ugh. and then you're like you're kind of like whatever um uh but uh, I will say, so like, because that, like, because there always might be time for a waiter uh, or like, you never know when your scene is going to be there or, or whatever. Harold can be sort of like, you you have to really pay attention to a lot of things all mm-hmm. at the same time and remember them all. And it can kind of be, you know, some it's really on your brain. Yeah. Where if you're doing like comedy sports, um not that it takes any less brain power, but maybe a little less like remembering because um, you know what games you're going to do. So you don't have to like make up those choices and you don't really have to like in a lot of improv, especially if you do it at the UCB theater, you need like premise. You do a lot Mm -hmm. of premise based improv, which means like you think of a funny thing Mm -hmm. and then you like say it and act and then see where it goes from there. But in comedy sports or short form in general, like, again the funny thing is often come often comes from the thing you're doing so you could do something really mundane and uh still be funny yeah like i'll say another short form game is called like uh what do we call it it was like 
I don't remember what it was called, but you do a scene. It would take like a minute or two minutes or two minutes. And then you do that exact same scene and, oh, and do it in an one exercise. minute. Yeah. And then do it 30 seconds and then 15 mm-hmm. seconds and like seven seconds. And it just gets sillier because you have to do it faster. And that two minute scene could be the most boring thing in the world. But by the time it's down to 30 seconds, it's like really funny because it's just silly. Um, so I'd say comedy sports wasn't very mentally taxing in that way because you sort of knew you didn't have to think of very much ahead of while you were sitting there. You didn't really have to like think too hard. You had a, you just sort of waited for your turn more or less. I don't want to downplay it and make it sound silly, but it's like if you had to do a Herald for, you can check out for a little bit. Yes. If you had to do like hour long Herald's, Uh, that would be quite a quite mentally taxing. Where like yeah, an hour be so of so tired at the end, <laughs> an hour of doing short form, you can kind of like chill a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Okay, that is my question. Yeah. Um. I also did a fifty-six and a half hour comedy sports marathon one year in Buffalo, New York, and I did shows from like midnight until like four in the morning or something like that one night. <laughs> That's too much. That was quite a thing. <laughs> My foot's asleep. I just want to announce that to the world. Wake uh, up, foot. Drink uh, some tea. Um, okay, I have a, a few more things I wanted to say. So, um, as I said, I was voted most shy. Um, but I feel like improv has greatly helped me socially. Not just in terms of, like, I have many, most of my friends in New York are from improv. Um, but it also, like, it, like... I'm not always the best like chatter, but I always think like if I'm like feeling anxious about going out, I'll just be like, well, if I can go on stage and make something up, I can go talk to these people that I don't know very well. Or like um, recently at work, I had to give a presentation to parents and I was like pretty nervous about it. And it was, I mean, it was scripted. I knew what I wanted to say, but I was also like, I can do this. I do improv. I don't need to freak out about this. I go on stage and talk all the time. And I think it's like really helped me with my confidence, both in like life and social situations. Yeah. I've had people tell me that they think I'm more like, they were like, wow, like it'll be like a year that I've seen them and they know I've like taken improv classes and they'll be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you were, you were way more either interesting or confident or something that you've like done that. And I was like, ah, it's kind of insulting, but (laughs) I'll take it as a compliment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like I visited my friend in Wisconsin last summer and we actually went to an improv show. But beyond that, um, we just like we're hanging out and she's like, you seem different. I'm like, yeah, I describe myself as just being more than I was back then, like in college and high school. And I think it's because of improv. Just like it's an outlet for me to be myself. Yeah. That's uh well, I'm, I'm glad that happened to you. I love improv. <laughs> And now we get to be friends. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Friends with a podcast. You know, I can honestly say to you, Matt, mm-hmm. you're my only friend with a podcast that I have share a podcast with. Uh, you know what? You're the only person I share a podcast with. <laughs> um, you had one more thing? Or oh, I mixed it in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I realized they were very related, so I just... So then they got mashed up. Yeah. Uh, is there anything more we should, should be said about improv? I mean, listen, I could truly talk about improv all of the time. Um, like my favorite improv form is a Spokane because you get to be silly and have that mono scene in the middle. Um, I don't feel the need to describe it too much. 
but it's like there's one source scene, like one main <laughs> mono scene, and then you when something funny happens in that, you like go off and like see it in a different location and then come back to that main scene. Uh, that's that, uh, that's that the it? one they call the family guy, right? Yeah. It's like the TV show, the family guy where, um, yeah, they like cut off to random stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, sorry, Matt stood up and I got concerned. Um, and I was going to leave the podcast. I, literally have to, I had to be like, I hope this whole podcast has been recording. And it has been. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but I could truly talk about improv forever. But one, that would involve getting to the weeds and theory. And really, I just wanted to be about the benefits of improv and yeah. the funness and how fun it is. Let's not get too into the weeds. Um. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will say... Because I also do improv, so I feel like I'd be silly if I didn't say anything uh, about this part. But I also love improv. I've been doing it for a long time. Intend on continuing to do it. Um, I enjoy doing improv with you, Emily, whenever we get to love to do improv to a practice uh, together. Uh, Have also made a lot of friends through this Mm because it's uh, it's a good friend making. mechanism and um if i had anything to say to people out there who do improv is uh keep on doing it and make sure you have a good time yeah if you're not having a good time change that <laughs> um i will say there has been times where i have not enjoyed doing improv like i remember after 301 i felt so bad about it and like i never really considered well i did ask the coach i had like do you think this is something I can do? And he said, yes. So I kept doing it, but like, you just got to keep doing it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, you, you doubt, I find that you, you know, you can doubt yourself a lot. I've had times where I've doubted myself. I've done a lot of auditions and had nothing come up, Mm -hmm. up that, um, improv auditions. So you're trying to get on like house team stuff. And, uh, I'm not, I have a very low, uh, OPS, uh, (laughs) My batting average on auditions is pretty low, um, but uh, I did get on that comedy sports team, and um, I, you know, I think I've done enough of them where I'm like, well, I don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine, you don't want me. I'm having, I'm having a good time. I still do good improv mm-hmm. and whatever. And it's actually part of the reason why I wanted to start a podcast is because I was like, well, I think I'm good at this whole talking and making things up part. And while I wouldn't necessarily call what we do on this podcast improvising, uh, it is all improvised. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I felt like, I felt like sort of my like getting over the fact that like these auditions and things weren't going well or like that. I don't like, I feel great with my place in improv, but I'm not certainly not climbing any sort of ladder. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And like, you know, part of starting this podcast was like putting the comedy training to some amount of use, you know, to be like, I didn't spend, you know, six years taking improv classes did not do anything with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that's part of the birth of, the, of, of wanting to do this podcast. One of my favorite um, things to do at work after I tell a joke to like a colleague or something, I'll be like, and that's four years of improv training at work right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, any of those jokes. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we're good. We're good. On this. I have a question. Yes. Um, when does this come out? 
You said it was before Halloween. Yeah, like the 25th of October or something. Well, if you are listening to this and you are bored, this is my plug. I'm doing a plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you're bored on October 30th at 6 o'clock, you should come see my class show at UCB Hell's Kitchen. And we are doing Monocene Heralds. So it's those two things we talked about combined. Well, I think it's at 6.30. It might be 6.30. So my calendar is 6.30. We are all very funny. Um, and, uh, and I'll be there. So you could, it could be like a meetup. <laughs> come to the meetup. Um, yeah, come to that show. And there's probably like one or two more after that. Just one. One more after that. Mm-hmm. You only have two for your whole class or yeah, I think so. That's what my calendar says. Weird. And Freak- I believe fully in my calendar. Freaky. Um, my mini topic one day should be my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, mini topic? Um, <laughs> Listen, I could just read you every single page on it. Slash let's keep, calendar talk as far away from brad kavanaugh existing as possible <laughs> um i'm not gonna make a joke no make it hashtag beach week beach week uh yeah i have a lot of thoughts i actually have a lot of thoughts about his calendar but i i'd have to say that my biggest is like what a freak <laughs> i mean poli- everything else aside politics aside Dude kept a calendar of all the parties he went to. Like, what a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I still have my calendar from last year, but that's just because I wanted to have it just in case I like needed to reference a time of something. Um, yeah, in case I'm ever on the Supreme Court and I need to prove Beach Week. I can't. Happened. This isn't my joke. I can't remember who said this, but just like the fact that like somebody was like, um, you know, when he was there, he, I want to say this was Seth Meyers or something, but when he was like doing his like little testimony, mm-hmm. he was talking about his like father reading from his calendar as if his father was dead, but his father was like sitting behind him in the hearings. Mm-hmm. And then he was, they also pointed out like his dad starting take, started like reading them, you know, reading from his calendar or whatever. <laughs> and, um, they pointed out that he, that Brett Kavanaugh would have been 13 when his dad started keeping a calendar. So like, <laughs> <laughs> little like 14 year old freaking teenager brett kavanaugh was like listening to his dad's one-year-old calendar stuff <laughs> it was like it literally like if his dad had been doing it 20 years earlier i guess maybe that would have been funny but i don't know when you look at the math of like how old everyone was when certain things like happened you realize like wow this is, sounds boring as hell <laughs> um I don't know. I'm sure all families have their weird traditions. I'm sure if I went on talked about some of the weird things my family does, it would be weird. But I'd have to say that pretending like your calendars or something uh, interesting to talk about around the holidays is really weird to me. <laughs> so Emily loves her planner. I desperately love my. She planner. talks about like she talks about her planner, but she doesn't just read to me from it. Ever. No, I've never read december 1st no that's just that's just cuckoo stuff (sighs) anyways that was an improv scene i think we just did um maybe life is improv i'll end it like this come to my show on october 30th cool Um, i think it's seven dollars it's the day before halloween yeah that's how i remember it oh yeah i said i was gonna come dressed up as something i might i don't have a costume yet this year but i do have items that i perennially wear if i and if there's whenever there's a year i don't have a costume i just take something out of my closet that was a costume or a prop i've been kimmy schmidt for that reason yeah what were you last year 
Last year, I don't think I was a personal thing, but at school, I was a manatee. And this year at school, I'm going to be a manatee wearing a witch's hat. A witch's hat? A witch manatee? A witch manatee. I have a manatee onesie. Manatee. And I'm going to put a hat on it. Manatee. Okay. Uh, we have to go. <laughs> we do have to go. Uh, hey, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Rate, subscribe, review. Please do. Um, love to love to get more subscriber numbers. That's our favorite. That's the f- we don't actually know what they are, but it it does help us get more listens. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see you next week. See you next week. We miss you. All right. Bye. Bye.